G'day, welcome to the show. It's Better Than Yesterday, a podcast to do just that, try to make today better than yesterday. Been here three times a week since 2013. Every conversation, just trying to make it better than the day before. That's what I'm all about. My name's Osha Ginsberg. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm an author. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a public holiday tradie overlooker, a floormageddon, the whole adventure of trying to get the floors done in our house which involves us moving out, moving back in three times in four days, continues. And uh, a couple of guys, they called me up at like eight o'clock. Hey, man, we're going to come around and fix your floor. When? Half an hour from now. And they come from two hours away. I was like, okay. And they spent four hours here on a very hot public holiday making a lot of noise. And boy, they work freaking hard. Living the Australian dream on (laughs) on a public holiday. Me and them and Google Translate had quite the morning. Thanks for the feedback about Friday's show, NTNN and the weekly update. Alex and Josh are magnificent. Tickets to the live shows are on sale right now. You can find them in the show notes. The, the link is right there. Also jump on the newsletter and that's a uh, link in the show notes there as well. I grew up in a different time, all right? I'm recording this in 2024. I grew up in a different time called the 80s or the 70s actually. And this was a time where children's playground equipment could kill you. I have vivid memories, and this is even with the idea that I'm a small person and I'm climbing to something big. I have vivid memories of scaling terrifyingly high, searingly hot steel constructions in the park down the road from our house in uh, Chapel Hill. It's on Moggle Road there, Kenilworth Park. The playground equipment isn't there anymore, but it was essentially you know, one and a quarter inch pipe, fencing pipe welded together in all kinds of various combinations and including what looked like gymnastics high bars that were probably built three to four metres above the ground. When I say ground, I mean concrete slab, including steel swings, like trapeze swings, like not something you would sit on, like a trapeze handle and... These things had terrifying long arcs, like like heavy, heavy chain too. I remember getting thwacked in the head with one of these things. I was, I don't know, playing some silly buggers with my big brother. And the bolt of the nut that held the thing on clocked me right in the forehead. And it was the first proper head injury I had. And blood just like a Kurosawa film just like jetted out of my scone. And I was, I don't know, nine. And these things, I grew up in Brisbane, these things were terrifyingly hot to touch. They were surrounded by concrete. The slides were enormous, made of solid steel, stainless, never rusted, amazing. But you could fry an egg on them in the summertime. Uh, This is not to mention the rocket ship that lived down at Indrapilly, which was, if there's, I think there was 35 or something of these rocket ships made. And I don't know, it's probably like seven or eight meters high and it has three or four levels. And to get from level to level are these tiny little ladders, but the holes to move through the ladder, like you would inside a submarine or a naval ship or whatever, are actually the the aperture of the hole is too small for an adult to squish through. So if a toddler gets stuck in the very, very top, there's actually no way that an adult can get up there and extract them in a safe way. Fuck, and councils will be like, yep, beauty, This is the kids will be thrilled that built this, unreal. They've since remodeled uh, one of the rocket ships. It's up the street from us at the Waverley Park, and it's freaking amazing. But the last couple of years, spending a lot of time in playgrounds with Wolfgang, I've been thrilled to discover the level of awesomeness 
and safety and fun and graduated experience that playgrounds offer young people. It's not just you're not playing because you're a pussy and here, terror and injury. That's it. There's your two options. This was a word, pussy was a, used, a word that we used when we were kids to describe people who, you know, because you're a pussycat, you're too afraid to go up there, which I was because it was giant. Last weekend, Wolf and I were killing time while we were uh, waiting for Audrey, my wife, to finish doing something. And near us is a um, one of the most amazing parks I've ever been in in my life. It's about 200 metres from Prince Wells Hospital in Randwick, where Wolfgang was born, actually. And this thing is like when theme parks first came to the Gold Coast, it's like the Echo all year round. This is amazing. Or the Easter show or whatever you call it. This park is like Thunderdome. It is built in this gigantic tent-shaped structure. And at the very top level is a cargo net that ascends with the sloping arc of a tent, like a tent would. And at the very apex of this cargo net are the openings to two gigantic spiral flume slides that you go inside, these huge metal tubes that are so long and so tall that it actually goes dark when you go inside them. So you lose the sunlight behind you and then you start to see the sunlight below you. But in the middle bit, you're just scooting around. Now, the top of this thing is probably seven or eight metres off the ground. And to get to the slides, there's no actual solid wood or ramp or anything. It's all cargo net. So to get there, you actually have to crawl and look straight down seven to up to maybe nine metres. It's huge, straight down to all the kids playing below you on the other swings and stuff. So I was there with Wolfgang and we'd been there before. I was like, let's go up there, Dad. Okay, buddy, let's go. And as we got close, and fair enough, he's starting to get to a point where he doesn't want to tell me that he's afraid. So he starts avoiding. He's like, let's go over here. What's down there? I thought you wanted to go up there. And no, 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 what's this? What's that? Where's this? You know, he starts getting all quite curious, asking interesting questions because he knows that I'll respond. But we divert. And we do this a couple of times. I want to go up there. Okay. And then we go around. We even walk up the wooden ramp to the top. But once he looks down through the cargo net and sees the ground, he ends up bum shuffling the whole way back down because he, you know, he's got the wobbly knees and he doesn't want to actually walk down. That's fair enough. So what are we going to do about this? Well, at the very base of the playground, there is a really wide, like a wide opening cargo net, a very loose knit cargo net, if you will. Like it was crocheted by someone who wasn't really that interested in, in pulling the knots tight. And it's very low to the ground. I could stand from the top to the bottom. I was like, hey, how am I going to do this, mate? Okay, so I was, hey, Wolf, let's go up here. And we went up the big, chunky, easy to climb on cargo net that was only probably about a meter and a half to the top. Again, again. So we did that once or twice. And, you know, strong hands, strong feet. Hands first, then feet. Up we go. I'm crawling up next to him, bear crawl. We did this a couple of times. And then we go down the little slide because there's a little tube slide. It's not quite as massive as the other one. And then there's another way to get up to the top. And this one has cargo nets either side of it. So you can hold either side. It's a very tight-knit cargo net. Yes, you can still see below you, but even his little foot will cover two horizontal bits of the structure, if you know what I mean. The first time we go up there, he's a little, you know, bit reluctant. And then, okay, we'll make a game of it. So where he's Fireman Sam and I'm Ellie, which is apparently one of the other people in the Fireman Sam firehouse. And he's like, be Norman. 
if you don't watch Five and Sam, it's a kids TV show. And Norman, I don't know why they don't fucking excommunicate this kid from the village because every episode, Norman, who is a redhead with glasses, prejudice, I don't know, Norman just managed to set something on fucking fire every day. And I'm making this up with the most ridiculous things I can think of. And he laughs, Wolfie laughs, but it's pretty close to the kind of episodes, oh, crumbs, I've set my Mars bar on fire. Oh, I've thrown it into the takeaway shop and now Mrs. Jenkins' takeaway shop has flames coming out of it. Norman, what have we told you about putting flames in takeaway shops? Like that's every episode, every nine minutes because it loops. So I'm, Dad, be Norman. Oh, crumbs. He makes me do the Norman voice. And so when he's being Fireman Sam and I'm being Norman, we're able to climb up this thing, right? It's a game now. So we go up there and then we get to the next level. And the first time we do it, I put him on my back and I'm like, I fucking got to do this. I've got a bung wrist. I'm all out of whack. I've got to get this boy up there. And so I say, how about you get on my back, mate? I'll give you the fireman carry. So I say, okay, dad. And then he goes on my back and we call it backpack mode. You and I would call it a piggyback. We start climbing up and I'm like two or three in and even I'm looking straight down nine meters or eight meters or so. And my tummy's giving me the willies like, because, you know, it's a reaction to see the abyss below you. Like it's not going to give way, but you still have this thing in the back of your head. But I cannot stop. So <laughs> up we go, up we go together. Then we get to the slide. I put him on my lap. So I'm holding him. And then down we go. Super fun. Again. All right, mate. Again. This time around, we go again. And when we get to the, the first little bit, we're still playing the game. I'm still Norman. He's still Fireman Sam. But this time, I'm not right behind him. He's kind of ahead of me now. We get to the cargo net again. And he can go up the side where he holds onto a railing on that bit. So I say, okay, man, I'll crawl. You walk there. He walks up a couple of steps and he puts his just he reset to touch it, his hand to my back. That's it, because I'm right next to him. He doesn't touch me for balance or anything. He just touches his hand to my back and he says, I've got some heat from you for extra power to get to the top. Okay, mate. He just touches me for half a second. And then all he wanted to do was make sure I was there. Up we go, down the slide again. This time he's not so much on my lap, but he's kind of between my legs again a bit more. And I start to feel him slide away from me a bit. I'm thinking, okay, then. Third time we go up around, I don't say anything. I'm on all fours. He's on all fours right next to me. I don't say anything. We go up together. We get to the top. We get into the slide and he's between my legs and he does the thing where you go, okay, ready, five, four, three, two. And he kind of goes ahead of me this time. And because he's got super slide pants and I've got sweaty trainer pants on, he just shoots away from me through the darkness by himself. And I catch up with him at the bottom. Again, again. And I just tell him, mate, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that when we got here, you were a little too worried to climb to the top. And we tried a few times and then slowly we did it bit by bit. We did the bits that we knew how to do and we understood that we'd be fine. And we just pushed it a little bit more every time. And then at the end, you did it, mate. You did it all by yourself. I didn't help you at all on the last one around. Again, it's like, sorry, man. By that time, order had texted, we had to go. And it really reminded me the parallels between that and my exposure therapy were profound because as I was dealing with the obsessive compulsive disorder and the, which can be incredibly troubling and really invasive, one of the tricks I learned to do was make a game of the intrusive thoughts and change my relationship to it. <laughs> there it is 
again. There's that guy who tells me that everything's going to be terrible forever. Oh, thanks, mate. I'm just going to keep doing this thing with my colleagues at work or with my wife or with my stepdaughter or whatever. You carry on. And the graduated way of slowly approaching this thing, it was terrifying me because there's really no difference to what was happening between Wolfgang and I that, you know, what I'd been through. And certainly with the pain that I'd, you know, when I was living with the chronic and persistent pain, learning how to be with it bit by bit to the point where you're just able to go, oh, there it is. Hello, mate. Okay. I'm just going to carry on. Allows me to explore into the world places that I otherwise never would have both with my headspace and with my body. And seeing Wolfie do that in front of my face in about 15 minutes time was just amazing. And it just really underlined to me that we figured out really early how to do it. And somehow we forget. Somehow along the way, we forget. We let the things that we're frightened of stop us from even trying. And then those things get more and more frightening. And soon enough, it might've been to the point where I don't even want to go to that park. Don't even drive past it. But no, I was able to help him and guide him just like my therapist guided me. And he understands that I'll keep trying. He tells me sometimes, I'll just keep going. And if I try, I'll try again and I'll get better at it over time. But we forget that as we grow up, as we get older. But I would ask, what is it in your life? What's the big, terrifying, suspended cargo net in your life stopping you from enjoying because the big slippery slide in the dark is really fun. Like it's super fun. What is the big suspended cargo net that you don't want to even try to figure out if you can climb? What is that stopping you from enjoying? And if it is stopping you from enjoying something, go and find the smaller version of it and hang out on that for a while. Hang out on the bunny slopes. Start on the little waves. It's all the same thing. But for some reason, when it comes to things we're frightened of, people we're frightened of, stuff at work, I don't know, we just go into this on-off switch and that's it. We just shut off possibility forever. But I've got to say, the noises that he and I were making as we went through the third or fourth corner of that enormous twisting double helix slidey thing, man, that stuff is worth it. And now he's got that skill. He's got that skill for the rest of his life. That he can be reminded of, like, mate, remember when we couldn't, when we didn't, weren't able to do that slide. Remember how we figured it out? Slowly, slowly, bit by bit, we got there and then we got to enjoy it. Took a bit of time, but we got there. Now we can do it. So let's try that with knitting or CrossFit or jet skiing or making trifle. I don't freaking know. Whatever. That's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Because it was awesome. And I really enjoyed being reminded of it. And plus there was a slide. I wish there was a big slippery slide with every one of these breakthroughs. Why shouldn't there be? Maybe the firemen have got it all figured out after all. But all crumbs. <laughs> I'll see you back on Wednesday. Catherine Martin's joining us. She is the person who has the most amount of Oscars that I've ever spoken to. She's got four Oscars for costume design and production design. She lives with a different brain. She lives with obsessiveness and anxiety and things. And the way she talks about how it helps her in her career is incredible. And it's proof of the pudding, the stuff that I've just been talking about. If you put things in place, and she talks about this, you put things in place that allow you to gradually expose yourself to things that are difficult. What you can overcome, what you can achieve, they look like, they smell like, they feel like 
Oscar statues. I mean, I'm not going to get four of them. But hey, there's a version of that that I can win. And it sounds like Wolfgang going down a slide. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks to Andy Marr, who did audio and video post. Abby Benno, my producer. Toe Hider for music. Ben and Monica for keeping the lights on. I'll see you Wednesday. Tickets for the live gigs are in the show notes. Also the newsletter there. And um, have a good one. Bye. Bye.